Previously on Camp Dino, Bo's egg hatched and he spent most of his second day at camp looking for his baby dinosaur. In the process, he bumped into Boom, the camp security guard, and narrowly escaped Ash and his band of carnivores. Bo finally gave up his search and went to his first class in Dr. Rex's boneyard. But halfway through the lesson, a baby T-Rex interrupted the lecture with a roar, and Bo discovered that it was his baby dinosaur. He named it Buck because of its two buck fangs that stick out over its lower lip. Dr. Rex told Bo how rare it was to get a T-Rex and how rambunctious they could be. Bo experienced that firsthand as his new dinosaur, his least favorite kind, dragged him around camp for the rest of the day. When the sun finally set, both Bo and his new feisty dino fell asleep among the roots of his sleep tree. And now for episode three, Shoot to Shanty. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Camp Dino. Bo woke up with a groan the next morning. Most of his body was sore from being dragged around the previous day, and he was still picking leaves out of his hair. His new dinosaur buck, on the other hand, looked as fresh and energized as ever. The little red T-Rex had yanked his shoe off in his sleep and was playing fetch with himself. Rubbing his eyes and looking around, Bo realized he'd woken up before the first gong, which meant that today he'd actually have time to eat breakfast. The sky was still a shade of dark blue, and the stars were just starting to fade as the sun rose. Some of the frogs still glowed greenish-blue in the streams, and a couple of fireflies twinkled in the trees. Most of the other kids were snoring up in their treepees. It was a new day, and Bo was determined to figure out how to get his dinosaur under control. He knew he didn't have a chance unless he got some fuel in him first. So he put on his adventure hat, clipped the leash onto Buck's harness, and struggled to steer the T-Rex over to the shipwrecked cafeteria. Buck's tongue hung out his fanged mouth, and he started to pant excitedly when he caught wind of the wonderful smells coming from the galley. <laughs> But before they reached the entrance, Bo was almost knocked to his feet as Buck pulled him behind a large fern. Suddenly, the little T-Rex popped out and chomped down on a colorful bird flying by. <coughs> oh, Buck! Bo tried to save the poor bird, but it was too late. 
Buck swallowed it in one bite and looked at him happily. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Bo glanced around nervously. That thing was probably endangered. Bad T-Rex. Come on, we were like 20 feet from the galley. Bo pulled Buck into the galley and up to Sloppy Joe at the counter. It was early enough for there only to be a couple of kids and a few counselors eating quietly at the tables. Bo was grateful it wasn't a full house. He pictured a packed cafeteria being overturned by his psychotic T-Rex, trays and kids and food flying all over the place. What will it be, my dear? Sloppy Joe sang. Today she was wearing a dirty triceratops apron that had a pocket for the mouth. An herbivore omelet, please, Bo said, holding out his tray and glancing up at the menu. And for your dino? Goodness gracious, a T-Rex! Sloppy Joe sprang back as Buck hopped up on the counter and drooled over the breakfast options. His nostrils flared noisily. Sloppy Joe swallowed. Haven't seen one of these in a while. Um, the dino dish of the day is roasted pig slop. But for this little troublemaker, I better make it a double helping. Not daring to lose sight of the T-Rex, Sloppy Joe scooped two heaping ladles of the slop onto a dish and set it before Buck, who sniffed it grunted in disgust, and whacked the dish out of the way. Hey! A kid at the other end of the counter held his hands up at Bo. The thrown plate of dino slop was sliding down his shirt. Bo winced. Sorry about that. He turned back to Sloppy Joe. You don't have any pancakes left over from yesterday, do you? He's obsessed with them. I do actually have some in the fridge, I believe. Sloppy Joe went to the fridge and returned with a stack of dinosaur-shaped hotcakes. Buck's eyes bulged and his red tail wagged when he saw them. Here you go, little... Oh, my, don't eat me! Before she could hand the plate over, Buck was already chomping into it, grinding through it like a wood chipper. <laughs> Everyone in the galley watched with intense interest. After breakfast, Bo ran into Zeta, who was practicing climbing a vine up and down her sleep tree. She swung down next to him, sweating, and stopped a little timer on her watch. Look at you, Tarzan, Bo said, impressed. Whew, I just wanted to end my eight-mile run with a challenge, you know? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Bo said sarcastically. Zeta dabbed her forehead with her shirt. You two are up nice and early. Easy to do when a wild animal chews a shoe off your foot. I figured if I got some food in him first thing, he'd be a little easier to handle. Did it work? Bo smacked Buck's back, making him cough up an egg from a nearby nest. Not really. Our class doesn't start for a bit, so what do you want to do? Well, the only thing I know to do when I desperately need to learn something is to read. Does the camp have some kind of library? Zeta took a drink from her water bottle. It's over by the Yellow Lantern Sleep Tree, I think. They call it the Tree of Knowledge. Kind of cheesy, but it's supposed to be pretty cool. I've been wanting to check it out. Want to go? Lead the way.
Bo, Zeta, and Buck headed to the yellow sleep tree. The yellow lanterns hanging from the massive white branches were dimming now that the sun was starting to rise. Just beyond it was the tree of knowledge. Bo's eyes nearly popped out of his head when he saw it. What? The tree looked like something out of a fairy tale. It was ginormous and incredibly old looking. If there was a first tree in the world, this was it. Its thick, knobby branches bent and twisted in unnatural ways, and the roots popped up out of the ground high enough to make mossy archways you could walk through. The vines hung down from the wide canopy above like long strands of hair. Are those? Zeta squinted at the horizontal lines cut into the tree's giant trunk. Books! Bo ran to what looked like a giant ball that hung by a rope at the base of the tree. He quickly climbed on and Buck and Zeta jumped on behind him. Then Bo gave the ship's wheel poking up out of the seat a spin and the ball chair gradually crept up the tree, rotating around the trunk as it ascended. All along the trunk, carved into the ancient bark, were shelves upon shelves of books. The shelves were just deep enough to protect the library from the elements, and Zeta pointed out that they even extended out to the thickest branches. As they slowly climbed, Bo spotted an old dusty book titled The Mysterious Sleep Patterns of Herbivores. The place was a gold mine. Bo was almost giddy at the sight of so many books. Being homeschooled in the middle of nowhere meant he was no stranger to turning to a good book for comfort and escape. Buck, no! Oh, drop it! <coughs> Bo tried to pry a book out of Buck's jaws, only to fall back holding half the book. The other half bulged down Buck's throat as he swallowed. <coughs> the little T-Rex gagged. That was probably a priceless artifact, Zeta noted. An out-of-print limited edition. Way to go. Let's see you try to stop him from eating everything. Nah, it's more fun watching you try to do it. After a few revolutions up the tree, Bo realized that the books were in alphabetical order by dinosaur species, starting with the A's at the trunk, which meant, Bo gulped, anything on a Tyrannosaurus Rex would be at the tippy top. He closed his eyes and continued spinning the wheel, making the ball chair rise higher and higher up the tree. Whoa, Zeta said, looking down. If we were to fall from up here, we'd crack like eggs. Crack! Thank you for that, Bo said, squeezing his eyes tighter. Just tell me when we reach the T's, please. A second later, Zeta said, Okay, we're here. Relieved, Bo stopped and opened his eyes. What the? These are only the K's! Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha! Bo gasped when he caught a glimpse of the jungle floor below. The ferns looked like little green dots. He closed his eyes and spun the wheel faster. I hate you, 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 I hate you. A few minutes later, they reached the top branches of the tree where all of the books on T-Rexes were shelved. Bo reluctantly opened his eyes and whimpered to himself as he looked over the titles. It was obvious that these books hadn't been touched in years, either because there hadn't been a T-Rex here in forever like the counselors had suggested, 
or nobody else was stupid enough to go this high up the tree. This should have something. Bo grabbed a book titled The Tyrannosaurus Rex Unleashed. Man, I hate these things. He looked down at Buck. Sorry, but it's true. He scanned the chapter headings. I probably already know most of this stuff, but anything new could help. He flipped through the pages. Let's see. The Tyrannosaurus Rex can measure up to 43 feet long and weigh nearly 7,500 pounds. <whistles> Zeta whistled. It is a carnivore that roamed the Earth during the late Cretaceous period, around 65 million years ago. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. They have excellent eyesight. Their binocular vision allowed them to see straight ahead. They were very smart, with brains twice the size of other giant carnivores. Carnivores are meat eaters, and herbivores are plant eaters, right? Zeta asked. Shh, yes! Let's see. The infant T-Rexes grew quickly. Great. Tyrannosaurus rex in Greek and Latin means the tyrant lizard king. Sounds about right. Oh, come on. Howdy doo came a voice from below. With a start, they looked down and saw Pa rising up the trunk in a ball chair of his own. There's nothing I love more than to see a couple of my dynamites perusing the tree of knowledge. Mm-mm, Pa said, stopping his chair next to theirs. It shows you really care. Morning, Bo, Zeta. Bo and Zeta looked at each other. Don't look surprised, Pa said. I've made it a habit to memorize every name and face from the camp applications before the first day. And this... This must be the famous T-Rex my counselors have been telling me about. The curly, gray-haired man gave a friendly wave, and Buck growled at him. <laughs> oh, yep, he chuckled. That's the one. The man looked like he was dressed to go to a dinner party in his green suspenders and green bow tie. What are y'all looking for? Bo held up a book. Anything to help me keep this guy from eating everything in camp. Right on cue, Buck started chewing on the rope that kept their chair suspended, but Bo yanked him away before he could cut through it. Ah, let's see here. Pa thumbed through the books in the trunk shelves. Here we are, that one, this one, and this one. He handed Bo a few dusty books. These should give you an idea of what you're dealing with. The parts on hunting behavior are particularly interesting. However, it should be noted that these books were written by people who have never lived with a T-Rex. You'll learn more about how to handle little buckaroo here in the arena with Dr. Helga Bronson. I believe you have your first class with her tomorrow. Until then, I can give you at least a couple pointers to get you by. First off, T-Rexes are gonna eat. So if it's something we can let go, just let it go. And secondly, T-Rexes want to connect. They might seem like vicious predators, but in reality, they want to know what you're feeling. So talk to him, pet him, look into his eyes. Don't let him doubt how you're feeling, even if you aren't too happy. The camp bell gonged. Sounds like you two need to get to class, Pa said, sitting back in his chair. Remember... If you ever need me, I'm in the yurt closest to the camp entrance. See you around. Thanks, 
Bo said, holding up the books. Setting them aside, he quickly lowered their ball chair down the tree, and they headed off to their first class. Zeta made them stop by their sleep tree so she could grab her big green egg out of the nest. What are you doing? Bo asked her as she stuffed it into her backpack. What's it look like I'm doing? I'm bringing my egg with us. Yeah, but why? Because I don't want to pull a bow and have my egg hatch when I'm not around. Nice. I felt it wiggle a few times this morning, and I'm not willing to chance it. Probably a good idea. I'm sure it'll love being born in a stuffy backpack. Do you know where we're going? I think so. Zeta glanced over their schedule. We've got wilderness survival with Dr. Lovekin in the shanty. We take the chute to get there. The chute? Zeta smiled. The chute. Minutes later, they were standing in front of the creek Bo had swung over the other day. A couple kids were floating down it on tubes with their dinos on their laps. Please tell me we aren't floating to class, Bo said, not noticing that Buck had just taken a bite out of a kid's tube, making it deflate and forcing the kid to flail around and then float down the creek on her back. What the heck? She shouted downstream. Here, grab a tube, Zeta said, taking one of the net-covered tubes off a stack nearby. Bo slowly grabbed one and stared at the water in horror. This chute supposedly wraps around the camp like a lazy river and takes us to some of our classes, Zeta said, stepping into the water with her tube. We're supposed to take it until we see a stone statue of a panther. Pretty cool, huh? What's wrong? Bo looked pale. I'm not exactly an Olympic swimmer. <laughs> Is anybody? Come on, it's not that deep. See? She pointed to the water that went just above her knees. No, I mean, I didn't grow up anywhere near a pool, and swimming lessons were a pretty low priority for my parents, so I'm about as good at swimming as that fat boulder over there. Seriously? Your parents never took you to a public pool or a water park or anything? I think you underestimate how sheltered I was. Clearly. This won't be a big deal, I promise. It's basically just like floating down a lazy river or a rapid ride. A rapid ride? Chill! There might be a few rapids, who knows? We're in a jungle. Look, I'll tie our tubes together and you'll be fine. My word, your parents should have sent you to a swimming camp. I heard that. I meant for you to hear it. Zeta tied their tubes together and Bo carefully sat in his tube as if it were about to detonate, and then set Buck on his lap. Buck's yellow eyes gazed eagerly at the fish swimming by. The second they set off, he immediately started squirming and chomping at them. Whoa, whoa, easy, Buck, Buck! Bo's tube was rocking and splashing around. Buck, cool it! You're gonna sink us! Zeta laughed. He's not gonna sink you. You're floating on a tube. You'll be fine. Buck dunked his head underwater and surfaced with a huge flapping fish between his teeth. The fish was gone in one gulp. Buck let out a satisfied roar and wagged his tail, making the tube slowly rotate and gently bump off of a few mossy rocks. What's happening? What's happening? I'm gonna die! Zeta laughed and turned his tube back around. Relax! Just use your hands a little if you start turning. She showed Bo how to paddle on either side to keep him from turning around. 
once Bo got the hang of it, and Buck was no longer bouncing around so much, he relaxed a little. The current slowed and Bo was able to take a second to appreciate the chute. They coasted along in the cool water, weaving between jungle trees and under vines. Huge moss-covered roots occasionally formed bridges overhead where lizards and huge ants scurried across. Little waterfalls cascaded down from steep brown rocks. They even passed by a cliff pockmarked with little caves full of colorful birds. So are you bummed that you're not at a ninja warrior camp? Bo asked. Zeta poked at the water with a stick. Kinda, but I'm used to disappointment. What do you mean? I'm a military brat. I hate that term because I'm not a brat, but we're a military family so we move around a lot. Imagine just starting to like a place, just when you get used to it, maybe you make a couple of friends and boom, you're off to someplace new. I bet you've seen some pretty cool places though. Yeah, I guess, but cool places stop feeling cool after a while. I've got the opposite problem. This is, I think, the third time I've ever left my hometown. My parents moved out into the middle of nowhere when I was little and decided to homeschool us, which is fine, but they also decided that vacations outside of a 15-mile radius were unnecessary. Are your parents crazy? Don't they get bored? They seem normal to me, but I don't get out enough to really know what normal is. They love the outdoors and gardening and playing the accordion on the roof while yodeling. That's not normal, Zeta laughed. I kind of figured. What are your parents like? Zeta shrugged. Busy. They're always running around doing stuff. They're both in the Navy, so they take turns being gone a lot. When they're home, they can be sort of tired and intense sometimes. Bo got quiet. They don't, like, hurt me or anything, Zeta clarified. They just expect a lot. Sometimes I feel like I'm in the military. Bo tried to imagine what that would be like. To be in a home with very rigid rules and intense interactions. His home was pretty laid back. They had rules and consequences, of course, but for the most part, he and his siblings got to roam the forest in their backyard freely. Until now, he hadn't realized how lucky he was to have that. He noticed the water around his legs moving faster, and there was a faint rushing sound ahead. What's that? he said anxiously. Zeta glanced up ahead. Um, nothing. It's nothing. Just hold on to your tube. We'll be fine. Hold on to my tube? Zeta, what are you seeing that you're on telling me? Bo leaned to the side to glance around her. His eyes widened when he saw rapids and a drop up ahead. Ah! He screamed. Buck sensed Bo's panic and roared. Zeta cheered as they hit the drop. Whoosh! Their tubes splashed down and blasted off at the first rapid. Whoa! The chute pitched down and weaved side to side, making them splash against boulders and spin. Bo found himself going down backwards. I can't see anything! A python on a passing branch hissed at them. Ah! Whoosh! They hit another rapid and blasted further down the chute. Zeta was laughing hysterically, and Buck clung to Bo with his sharp claws. They splashed up on the bank after a sharp turn, and Zeta's tube flipped. Zeta! Bo cried. 
Zeta's head popped up out of the water and she quickly flipped her tube around and climbed back on. <coughs> My backpack! She shouted. The egg! She pointed up ahead at her backpack that was now floating by itself down the chute. There's the panther statue! Bo said, pointing to an ancient stone statue to their right. Let's get out and see if we can chase it down, Zeta said, paddling them to shore. They reached the statue and hopped out, but by the time they were on their feet, the backpack with Zeta's egg was too far downstream. I'm gonna lose my egg, Zeta shouted, chasing after it. A boy in the distance heard the commotion, and in an instant ran to the chute, dropped to his belly, and reached out over the water with a long stick. The stick caught the arm strap of Zeta's backpack just before it could drop off a waterfall, and then carefully, the boy brought it to shore. Zeta skidded to a stop next to him, opened the bag and scooped out the egg. Bo and Buck came running up next to her as she frantically observed every inch of it. Oh, oh, I'm so, so sorry, little guy, Zeta told the egg. Are you all right in there? Are you still alive? Oh, ah, ah, I think I felt something move. Hallelujah! Oh man, that was close. Thank you, she said to the boy. You're welcome, the boy said, catching his breath. Bo immediately recognized the dung bomber. Gavin? The shaggy-haired older boy nodded to him. Hey, you know this kid? Zeta asked. Uh, well, no, I just heard Kirby say his name. We haven't formally met yet. I'm Bo. Gavin. I'm Zeta. She shook Gavin's hand. There was an awkward silence. So, what are you, the camp hero or something? Bo joked. First you saved me with Dino Turd, now this? Gavin just shrugged. You don't talk much, do you? Zeta said bluntly. Talking's overrated, Gavin said in his quiet, low voice. Bo nodded thoughtfully. Hasn't done much for me. It definitely hasn't done much for him, Zeta agreed. Bo shot her a look. So are you coming to Dr. Lovekin's Wilderness Survival Class too? Zeta asked Gavin. Gavin shook his head. Nah. There was another long silence. Zeta nodded. Okay, well, we'll see you around, I guess. Later. Bo tugged on Buck's leash to pull him away from Zeta's egg, which he kept trying to lick, and together they headed over to the shanty in a wide clearing. The shanty was nothing like Dr. Rex's boneyard. There was nothing even remotely impressive about this structure. It was literally a series of wooden and metal sheds stacked together to form a bigger building. Bo was pretty sure a couple of the sheds were actually old porta potties. Several baby dinosaurs tied to a post outside growled and rolled around in the tall grass. One of them, a mean-looking velociraptor, snapped at Buck, and Buck roared at it. Let it go, Buck, Bo told him as they stepped into the shack. The inside of the shanty was even uglier than the outside. It was dark, dank, and smelled like an old basement. The floor was dirt, and there were mice scurrying along the rotting planks of the walls. There were several rows of students sitting on wooden boxes, and sitting on the biggest box at the front of the class must have been their teacher, Dr. Lovekin. Get outside, the man shouted the moment they walked in. 
The man spoke in a gruff, muffled voice that sounded like he had a handful of marbles in his mouth. I'm sorry, Bo said. Get outside, the man repeated, pointing to the door. His looks were just as startling as his voice. He looked like a disheveled caveman with his dirty rags for clothes, his matted hair and beard. His face was lined with deep wrinkles and his fingernails were black with dirt. Had this terrifying man just kidnapped all these children? Bo wondered. Down outside now, the man shouted, spit flying from his chapped lips. He's saying to take your dinosaurs outside, lame brains, said Ash near the front of the class. A bunch of the kids laughed. Bo felt a lump form in his throat. <sniffs> Buck growled at the teacher. The egg, too? Zeta asked. Egg, too, the teacher barked. Bo and Zeta quickly retreated out the door, and Bo tied Buck's leash to the post with the other dinosaurs. Zeta reluctantly set her big green egg down next to him. Try to stay out of trouble, Bo told Buck, squatting down next to him. Buck blinked at him and whined. <coughs> Bo remembered what Pa had told him at the Tree of Knowledge. He took a second to look into Buck's eyes. Look, Buck, they won't let me bring you inside, so you need to stay put, okay? <coughs> Buck whined some more and nudged Bo's arm with his nose. I'm kind of freaked out by this guy, and I don't need you causing more trouble. I know you want to come in and eat everything, but it'll have to wait. I'll be back soon. Don't worry. Oh, and watch out for Zeta's egg, will ya? Yeah, don't let any of these other nosy dinos so much as sniff it, Zeta said. Buck looked at the egg, then back at Bo and tilted his head. When Bo and Zeta returned to class, the teacher stopped mumbling to glare at them. Sorry we're late to your class, Bo said, taking a seat with Zeta near the back. What? The man yelled, turning a furry ear towards them. He says he hates your class, Ash said loudly from the front row. Dr. Lufkin snapped back and glared at Bo. You ain't been here long enough, Zeta! No, 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 I didn't say. I I'm glad to be here, Bo muttered. Huh? He says you look like a drunkard and he's sad he's here, Ash translated. The class laughed, but Dr. Lovekin seemed to believe him. He glared even harder at Bo before turning back to his lesson. Awesome, he hates me, Bo whispered, shrinking back in his chair. Yeah, probably, Zeta said, trying to lay low. Dr. Lovekin was in the middle of demonstrating how to start a fire by rubbing a stick into a tinder nest. It's called a hand drill meeting, Dr. Lovekin grunted as he turned the stick vigorously into the tinder nest. Don't you gotta call your brother to get a flame? He knelt down and blew on the smoking tinder nest, and sure enough, little orange flames started to appear. <laughs> a chubby wild hog that had been laying next to him hopped up and squealed excitedly. <laughs> Y'all were a coupon cooking your night, Dr. Lovekin laughed. Did he just call that filthy boar cutie pie? Zeta whispered. Wait, is he talking? Bo said. I thought he was clearing his throat this whole time. Dr. Lovekin set the flaming tinder nest under a teepee of wood in front of the class, and the flames grew taller. Pretty soon there was an impressive campfire blazing before them. 
Bo saw Gavin peeking in from the window. He was there for only a second before disappearing. Dr. Lufkin's wild hog was now squealing at the fire as if it were an attacking dinosaur. Dr. Lufkin gave him a pat on his fat, fuzzy belly, and the hog passed gas, making the flame flare up. The class roared with laughter. The only ones not laughing were Bo and Zeta. Bo was too repulsed by his new teacher and the setting to enjoy anything, and Zeta looked worried. Do you think my egg's okay? She said, looking back at the door. I'm sure it's fine, Bo assured her. Outside, the Velociraptor had chewed through its leash and was closing in on Zeta's egg, fangs bared. Lowering its head, it charged. The raptor pounced with its claws outstretched. <laughs> Something knocked it out of the way and sent it rolling. As it slid to a stop, Buck raised his head and gave it a shake. <laughs> he let out a threatening roar. The raptor jumped to its feet and charged Buck. The two baby dinosaurs collided. Fangs chomped, tails whipped, bodies rolled. Inside the shanty, Dr. Lovekin had split them into groups to try to start a fire themselves. Bo was horrified to find himself placed in Ash's group. The kid taunted him relentlessly as they took turns trying to spin the stick into the tinder nest. Zeta kept glancing over from her group to see if everything was okay. It wasn't. When it was Bo's turn, Ash took the stick out of his hands and broke it in half. Dr. Lovekin, Ash called out. Their teacher hobbled over. Bo was messing around with our stick and broke it. No, I didn't. Mess around my class, Dr. Lovekin bellowed. That's it now. Holding Bo's scrawny arm with his grungy hand, Dr. Lovekin marched him outside. They both froze just outside the door. What in blood nation happening here? Lovekin shouted. A few feet away, Buck stood with a foot pressed down on the raptor's belly. The defeated raptor whined and wagged its bloody tail. Buck raised his red head to the sky and let out a triumphant roar. <laughs> Buck, no! Bo cried. This your dino! Lufkin's eyes were full of fire. The other kids in class came running out to see what was happening. They gasped when they saw the T-Rex roaring over the bloodied raptor. That's my raptor! Ash shouted, running over to scoop up his wounded dinosaur. He shoved Buck aside, and Buck immediately growled and lowered his head to charge, but Bo scooped him up just in time. Buck, what's wrong with you? Bo scolded, grabbing Buck's leash. He looked at Dr. Lovkin. I'm sorry, if I leave him alone, he attacks other dinosaurs. Look at this! Ash yelled, practically in tears. Your stupid T-Rex almost killed her! Ash jumped to his feet and got real close to Bo's face. Dr. Lovekin stepped between them before Ash could throw a punch. That's it, enough! Come on, let's go! He took Bo by the arm and pulled him toward the jungle. Bo held on tight to Buck's leash and the little T-Rex followed. Bo looked back at the class in a panic. He saw a fire on the ground next to the window that Gavin had been peeking through. There was a starter stick in a tinder nest next to it. Lovekin yanked him along, huffing and puffing as he pulled Bo across the clearing. Buck tried to come to Bo's defense, but the fuming teacher threatened him with a stick. Back! Back, I say! 
Stop, Buck! Bo said angrily. <coughs> Buck restrained himself and whined, trailing behind them at the end of the leash. Bo looked up at his furious teacher and at the trees up ahead. His heart was racing. Where was this madman taking him? Back at the shanty, as everyone watched them go, Zeta picked up her dinosaur egg. She could tell from the blood and the claw marks in the dirt that the scuffle had taken place around her egg. She looked at the wounded raptor in Ash's hands, and then back at Buck and Bo in the distance. Oh, Buck. Bo, Buck, and Dr. Lufkin disappeared into the trees. Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Camp Dino. This camp is pretty crazy, but I'm really excited to come back to it and keep exploring all these other dinos, these other kids, teachers, places in Camp Dino. It just seems like a really cool place. So I'm excited to keep exploring it. I want to give a very special shout out to some patrons. Ezra, Bronwyn, Ari, and Derek from Fletcher, North Carolina. Thank you guys so much for listening. Ezra, I hear you're liking Camp Dino. I hope you like this episode. Thank you so much, you guys, for your support. It's greatly, greatly appreciated and for your amazing feedback. Seriously. And I'm also going to read a couple reviews from Apple Podcasts. This one is from Leela239ASF, and it says, Family Favorite. We've been listening to Greg Webb and his fantastic stories for a few years now, and I have to say, wow. Every single story is well done, safe for the kids, and enjoyable for the parents. I keep expecting to come across one we don't really like, but they're all amazing. Oh, thanks, you guys. He is our go-to for bedtime stories, and we listen to him for hours. If we had one complaint, it's having to wait for new episodes because they're just so good. He's definitely one of our favorite authors. Give him a listen. You won't regret it. Oh, thank you. What awesome feedback. I don't know if I'd consider myself an author, but that was really nice of you. And I love that you've been listening for a few years. It's amazing. And here's another one from Fun for Rainbows and Sparkles. It says, I love this podcast. I am 10 and listen to it at night in bed with my twin sister. We share a room and the stories are so creative. And I'll turn this on if I need some energy or a cool down to stay centered and calm. I recommend this, but there has been a few times your voice has been a little quiet. Other than that, do your thing. Absolutely the best. It's so great to listen to in the car, in bed, while I'm cleaning, doing my homeschool work, and so much more. Definitely recommend. Thank you so much, Fun for Rainbows and Sparkles, and whoever your twin sister is. 
that is so cool. You have a twin. I'm kind of jealous. And I bet you two really enjoyed Grandpa's Globe about the twins. I bet it's super fun to have a connection there. Rocketeers, I love this. Leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts. Send me some feedback via email. You can support the show on Patreon. Or just support the show by telling your friends and family members about it. Help the Rocketeer community grow. Seriously, Rocketeers, getting your feedback makes this all worth it. And the more I hear that these stories are inspiring you and sparking your imagination, the more juiced I get, the more excited I get to keep going. So I love the feedback. It's awesome. And Rocketeers, thank you so much for checking back for new episodes. I really, really appreciate it. And Mom, Roxanne Webb, thank you so much for cleaning up my story. Till next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.